What's your fantasy football podcast? Fantasy rankings, fantasy projections, fantasy news, fantasy advice, all for your fantasy team. Fantasy football This fantasy football podcast is recorded and produced by your fantasy expert, Josh Anderson. What's your fantasy, your fantasy football team? Welcome and thank you for joining me for What's Your Fantasy Football Podcast? Hope you guys really enjoyed the name. This is a brand new podcast. If you're listening in, this is episode one. Really appreciate you guys listening in. Um, I assume that if you're listening to this, either you know me or you're seeking some fantasy football advice. So thanks for joining me. And uh, I'm looking forward to giving you guys hopefully some good fantasy football advice. And that way you can crush your league. Um, This is a little late uh, for our first episode. So I do apologize. Um, This is something that I've wanted to do for a long time. But just never really caught up, got up the courage to do it until now. So better late than never, as I say. So hopefully we can at least help you guys during your playoff weeks. Um, if not this season, then hopefully next season. So I'll tell you a little bit about myself real quick and just, uh, you know, how I got started doing this and, and why it is I'm doing this. Um, so I started playing fantasy football about five years ago. Um, some friends introduced it to me. And, uh, you know, I first just started playing in one league. And, um, you know, did abysmally bad the first uh, the first season I played. If I remember correctly, I think I traded away Arian Foster for uh, Andre Johnson, Noshawn Moreno, and Ben Tate. Um, I'm betting that you guys don't even recognize a couple of those names in that list. So uh, that shows you how bad of a trade it was. But, um, you know, since then... I've learned quite a bit about fantasy football and different strategies, you know, as far, as far as drafting and trading and, you know, waiver ads and whatnot. So hopefully I can relay that to you guys. I'm naturally just a really competitive person in general. So when I got my butt kicked my first season of fantasy football, I really made it a point to come out and figure out how to play fantasy football and, and how to have a respectable record. So Um, you know, the following season, you know, had a little bit of a, you know, uptick in, you know, points for and and production, um, you know, just, you know, made some better moves, better choices, better draft and whatnot. Um, and then the season after that, actually, I actually won my regular season. So uh, not to toot my own horn by any means, but, um, I think it just goes to show you like how much doing a little bit of research and like gathering some opinions from other people, how much that can go into your, your, your season and how much that can help you out. So just keep that in mind and, and be open to other ideas, be open to new ideas because I remember my second season of fantasy football and my second season of fantasy football, I was basing pretty much everything off of the previous season. So I was just really limited as far as what my scope of understanding was not realizing, you know, how deep fantasy football is and how many different angles you can look at it from. So, you know, if you're, if you're a new fantasy football player, make sure as you guys are always listening to new ideas and think about new strategies, uh, always be open to new things. Don't, you know, box yourself into a corner um, and, be, and limit yourself to 
just a couple different strategies because there's all kinds of different strategies out there. Um, I've seen them all work and I've seen them all fail. So just keep that in mind. So again, my first two seasons of fantasy football were uh, really frustrating to say the least. But, uh, you know, I, I am a super, super competitive person. So I uh, naturally, I wanted to get better at it because it was very embarrassing, um, nearly coming in last place in my league. So I wanted to make sure that I uh, got better at this. So started doing my own research the following season, um, had a much more respectable, um, much more respectable uh, season. And then the season after that actually won my regular season, um, had the best record in the league, only lost one game the entire season. So, um, so hopefully, uh, I can help you guys out. If nothing else, I hope you guys enjoy the show. All right. So it's Friday, December 14th. Uh, that means, uh, the chargers and the chiefs just played last night. Great game to watch. Um, not great. If you were a Keenan Allen, uh, owner and you started him this week, which I imagine you did since he was the, um, a lot of people had him ranked at number one. Um, so, uh, sorry if that happened to you, if you started Mike Williams, if you had the, uh, if you had the guts to do that, then good on you. Uh, same for Damian Williams. He uh, just basically beat me to a pulp last night. So um, hopefully you guys are sitting in a good spot to win your Week 15 matchup. Um, if not, then uh, hopefully some of this advice uh, coming up will help you guys um, do that. So what this is is uh, what we're really doing is we're, we're I'm making some projections on these games that are happening in the next coming days. So uh, keep in mind – that there are two games. Um, there are two games that are happening tomorrow. Okay, so the Jets and the Texans are playing tomorrow afternoon, and then the Browns and the Broncos are playing tomorrow evening. So make sure you set your fantasy football lineups uh, tomorrow at the very latest. Make sure you set them tomorrow morning. Okay, so I would hate for somebody to uh, miss out because they didn't realize there were Saturday games. So, um, so yeah, just make, make sure you remember that there are Saturday games. And then of course there are going to be Sunday games and then there's the Monday night game as usual. So, uh, first game we have on, uh, the list here, um, as far as, you know, projecting, projecting fantasy players and whatnot is we have the Steelers at home, uh, taking on the Patriots. So, um, I'm kind of excited about this game cause you know, they, there's two teams that they're both coming off of, uh, embarrassing losses. So, um, I imagine that both these teams are really going to get after it. I'm a little concerned about the Steelers because they've lost three straight. Um, you know, this is a little concerning because some of the, you know, the, the games they've lost, they shouldn't have lost. Um, you know, they played the Broncos a couple weeks ago um, and had plenty of scoring opportunities, just didn't make it happen. Then they played the Chargers and they were big. They were up big on them at halftime and uh, just couldn't put them away. You know, had every opportunity to put them away. They just couldn't do it. And then last week they lose to the Raiders, who are absolutely abysmal. Um, they they are arguably arguably the worst team in the league. But here we go, they they lost to them. So, um, but anyways, even despite all that, I look at this game and I think that these teams are going to really get after it. Um, I think that they're all motivated to to win, um, especially uh, since this this game could have some playoff implications as far as seeding goes. So. Um, I expect a good game. I'm excited to, to, to watch this one. So um, here's my outlook for the Steelers. So uh, Ben Roethlisberger, you know, he is a start this week. He, I think that he's, he's a QB one. Um, I, I expect the Patriots to, even though this is a home game for the Steelers, I think the Patriots are probably leading or at least making this game competitive, I would hope. Um, so I think the Steelers are going to be throwing the ball. So 
I, I would expect uh, Ben Roethlisberger to have a good game. He is at home, even though uh, you know I don't think road Ben is really a thing this year, and not as much nearly as years past. But um, I expect Ben Roethlisberger to have a pretty good day here. I think he's going to have plenty of opportunity to put up fantasy points. Um, with that being said, I think Ben Roethlisberger. Um, you know, one thing I've kind of noticed is that it seems like Ben kind of has a, a favorite, a different receiver. Um, a different favorite receiver every week. So um, now I don't think it's, you know, anybody, I think we're only talking about two different guys. We're talking about, you know, the the most obvious ones. We're talking about Antonio Brown and we're talking about uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. So there are some weeks where, you know, and some people might be looking at me funny, like, of course he prefers Antonio Brown. But if you look at, you know, just from a fantasy perspective, there have been some games where Ben Roethlisberger does prefer Juju Smith-Schuster. And even, um, you know, a couple weeks ago, I mentioned that they lost to the Broncos. You know, I thought something that was very interesting. He he mentioned in the uh, post-game interview that, you know, he thought that, you know, when you know when Ben Roethlisberger threw that pick to end the game, um, he said in the post-game interview that they he thought that they should have threw it to Juju Smith-Schuster uh, four times in a row until they scored. So, um, I, I take that, you know, and some people just kind of look over that and, and, and say whatever, but I look at that and I say, okay, he may really, he may really prefer Juju Smith-Schuster and I, I can't exactly blame him. I think Antonio Brown is just getting so much attention from all these teams. They're, they're going to say, okay, well, if Juju Smith-Schuster beats us, that's fine, but we're not going to let Antonio Brown beat us. So I think that Ben Roethlisberger, maybe he recognizes that. And so I think that's why Juju Smith-Schuster has gotten so much, uh, you know, he's gotten so many targets, you know, so it makes sense to me. I think Juju is, uh, you know, he's definitely, you got to, he's got to be in your lineup of uh, hashtag analysis, but you know, as far as Antonio Brown goes, you're not, you're not taking that Antonio Brown. Like I know he put up a stinker this past week, like, uh, you know, you're still playing him. So I know it was frustrating and maybe, maybe you lost because of it. Maybe you're still in the playoffs despite it. But, um, you know, I, I, you know, I think Ben has a different favorite receiver each week, but you're just hoping that it's um, whoever you own, whether you own Antonio Brown or whether you own Juju. You own Juju. If you're if you're a Juju owner, you're hoping it's Juju that week. If you're an, if you're an Antonio Brown owner, you're hoping it's Antonio Brown. For those of you that own both of them, I uh, can't imagine there being very many uh, teams that own Juju and Antonio Brown, but fire them both up. All right, guys. Um, the Steelers defense. I'm going to talk about them really uh, really briefly. I'm going to sit them this week. You know, I don't think that they. I think they've been playing better of late, but I do not consider them a startable defense this week, especially in the playoffs. Um, I think it's too risky of a play. You know, you have the Patriots who, um, you know, looked like they had maybe kind of a revitalized Tom Brady. I mean, Tom Brady had a pretty good fantasy day last week. Um, You know, it seemed like he was throwing the ball pretty well. So I am putting the Steelers defense on the bench. I would look elsewhere. Uh, I would stream a defense if I had to. So, um, as far as the running back situation goes, it doesn't look like James Conner is going to play this weekend. So if, if James Conner does play, then you're obviously starting him. You know, you're, you're starting him against a Patriots defense that is okay. They're kind of middle of the road. They, they're susceptible to, to um, you know, to some plays. But, you know, I don't think that James Conner is going to play this week. With that being said, I think Jalen Samuels is a guy that you got to find a way to get in your lineup. So if he's on your team, I think you gotta, you got to find a way to get, in, get him into your lineup. Um, you know, I probably consider him a, an RB two with some RB one upside. That is of course, only if James Conner does not play. So keep an eye on his status. You know, 
it looked like and what it sounded like from all the media was that um, that this was going to be a committee between Ridley and Jalen Samuels and uh, possibly another running back. Um, but, you know, that was not the case this past weekend, and I expect that to be even more so against the Patriots because the Patriots could get up big, and um, if that's the case – or, or rather, I don't think they're going to get up big, but I think they could get ahead. And if that's the case, then I think that's going to be me, that's going to mean more work for Jalen Samuels. All right, the Patriots outlook. So we got Tom Brady. Um, I think if you're at, if you're at, at this point, if you're in the playoffs and you've been starting Tom Brady, I think it's despite him. Maybe you're one of those guys that that drafted Tom Brady, and maybe you took a a, a late round flyer on Patrick Mahomes, you know, or. Uh, maybe you, you managed to, you know, snag, you know, somebody, maybe a Philip Rivers that was, um, you know, that was going late. Um, if, if Tom Brady's your only option, then I wouldn't feel terrible about it. I would feel okay about it just because I think the Steelers, they're a good offense. I think this is going to be a very competitive game. So I think there's going to be enough throwing um, happening in this game. So I would, I would uh, if I had Tom Brady on my team and I didn't have any other better options, I would feel okay about starting him. I'm not gonna. I'm not worrying about starting him. I'm probably just gonna start him, and hopefully um, it works out. As far as his pass catchers go, I'm gonna start with Rob Gronkowski. So Gronkowski, Rob Gronkowski, he looks like he's kind of returned to the normal Gronk that we've seen. So um, I've got him as a start this week. So you know, not that it really matters because the tight end position is so thin, anyways. But um, I think Rob Gronkowski is going to be a big play this week. Um, he is a start for me. And if you look at some of his past games against the Steelers, he's really torn the Steelers up. He's just absolutely owned them the past couple of years that he's played against them. Last year, he had nine catches for 168 yards. Uh, the year before that, he had four receptions, um, but he had 93 yards and a touchdown. And then the year before that, he had four receptions and 94 yards and three touchdowns. So I don't expect three touchdowns from Gronk this game. But historically, Rob Gronkowski has absolutely owned the Steelers in the past, so I would expect a big day from Gronkowski. All right, next Patriot we have on the list, we have Sony Michel. Um, and, you know, Sony Michel, he has made me a little nervous lately. Um, he's, he's a guy that, you know, he was really producing RB1 numbers, and as of late, he hasn't really been doing so much. So, um, you know, and that's partially because, you know, I think the injury kind of plays into it a little bit. Um, I think some of the defenses have been kind of tough. And then another reason is James Devlin. So their fullback has been getting a lot of run, like more run than I had, you know, even in a Bill Belichick offense, I, I never would have imagined that, that, um, that James Devlin would, would be getting as much run as he is. Um, you know, I think, you know, there's going to be plenty of scoring opportunities in this game, but it's kind of tough to say, you know, if this is going to be a good day for Sonny Michelle, I think Sonny Michelle is one of those plays where, you know, you can kind of predict a little bit. He kind of reminds me of when LeGarrette Blunt was with the Patriots. You know, if the Patriots are likely to get up and get up big, then it would be a big LeGarrette Blunt day, you know. But, um, you know, if they get behind, you know, or if it's, you know, close or competitive, then, you know, it's a little more James White mixed in. So I think that, you know, Sonny Michelle, I, I, would, I would imagine that he's going to get – um, some more goal line carries in the future. I don't think James Devlin, I don't think this is going to continue for much, much longer. Um, I can't imagine, imagine that happening. So, uh, I, I mean, James Devlin is not going to just continue to get every goal line carry like he, like it seems like he has recently. So um, I think that, you know, Sonny Michelle, I mean, he, I'm nervous about starting him, 
So if you have better options, then I'm perfectly okay with going there. But if he's your only option, that would feel okay about starting him this week. I think he, you know, surely he gets in the end zone. I can expect probably, you know, 70 to 80 yards and a touchdown. James White, on the other hand, I'm a little nervous about starting him. I think that Rex Burkhead is really kind of playing, kind of uh, eating into that role. Um, you know, I know it's tough to, to sit somebody like James White because, you know, you, you've probably gotten to the dance because of James White. So, um, you know, I, I think that you – I think I, I, th- I would just be nervous about starting James White this week. I think I would probably look for other options if I could. I, I mean, if you want to flex him – then I think I'm okay with that. But I imagine, you know, if you've gotten this far, you probably have another option that's that's better than James White. All right, next game. We, oh, excuse me. Uh, lastly, we have the Patriots defense. I'm sitting them. I don't like the Patriots um, in Pittsburgh. Um, I think there's just too much potential for Ben Roethlisberger to have a good game and put up some points. So um, I have the Patriots as the Patriots defense as a sit this week. Next game we have up. The Broncos and the Browns. Okay, the Browns are going to uh, Denver to play the Broncos. Um, This is tomorrow night, so make sure if you intend on putting one of these players into your lineup, insert them before tomorrow night. Um, The Broncos, I'm a little concerned about this offense and the wide receiver situation, uh, especially with Case Keenum at the the helm at QB. You know, know, the Broncos, they they traded away Demarius Thomas. Um, They lost Emmanuel Sanders to an Achilles injury. Uh, so Cortland Sutton is their number one option, or at least we think he is. Um, we've got some other wide receivers that are kind of looming. I believe uh, Deshaun Hamilton is a guy of note here. Um, so this is my analysis for the wide receivers in, in Denver. Um, as far as the Broncos wide receivers go, I don't think you can trust any of them. Um, I think if I were to trust one of them, it would be Cortland Sutton. I think he's got that first round pedigree. And so if there's somebody you can hang your hat on, it's that. And uh, I mean, there's a reason why they traded away Demarius Thomas. I mean, I think it's because they expect Cortland Sutton to be, to be that, that guy for them. And so I don't know how much longer Emmanuel Sanders is going to be playing. And now his future is even more up in the air as you know, is with this Achilles injury, I would expect Cortland Sutton. Um, I, I think they want to see what Cortland, Cortland Sutton can do. And so I think that there's at least some opportunity there for him. But I can't say that I'm not nervous with Case Keenum at quarterback. I know he had an outstanding year last year. Um, but to be fair, I think he was put in a pretty good situation, um, you know, with the Minnesota Vikings having two really top-notch receivers, uh, not knocking on Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas. But, you know, they also had a better defense. They had just had a better team in general. The Broncos, it's a different situation here. You know, they, they – he's not being put in these situations that are ideal. I think that, uh, you know, Case Keenum, uh, you know, throwing these wide receivers, it's a little concerning to me. Case Keenum is of course not a startable quarterback for me. Um, keep him on the bench if he is on your, on your team or drop him to waivers. Philip Lindsay. Um, you know, he's one of those guys that I'm starting, but I don't feel great about it. And that's really because of the, the, the points I've already mentioned. This offense just really lacks playmakers. You know, I think that Philip Lindsay, he was kind of, um, I hate using the word ineffective, but, you know, he didn't really do what you expected him to do last week against a bad 49ers team. And I think it's because they're stacking the boxes and saying, I think they're going to, I think, I think, I think last week, the 49ers, they stacked the box and they said, okay, 
Case Keenum, you beat us. If we're going to lose, you're, it's going to be going to be because of you. It's not going to be because of Philip Lindsay or Royce Freeman. So that's what makes me a little nervous about Philip Lindsay um, against the Browns. I think the Browns, you know, um, I know it's the Browns, you know, and you think, oh man, what a great na- matchup with the Browns. But I, I, I would, I'm a little concerned about about Philip Lindsay this week. With that being said, I think the Panthers, who the Browns just played, aren't a great offense either right now. You know, with Cam Newton's shoulder, I think the passing attack is kind of lacking. I don't know if the Browns are going to take a similar approach to the Broncos. Uh, you know, I think it might be a little bit different, but if you can hang your hat on anything, I think that you can say, okay, you can look at Christian McCaffrey. He was obviously a very different player than Philip Lindsay, but Christian McCaffrey had a big day last week. Um, you know, maybe Philip Lindsay has something um, at least, you know, somewhat close to that, you know, um, or at least, you know, something you can kind of, you know, be a respectable output. So I would, uh, I would start Philip Lindsay, but I, I, I don't feel great about it just because of where this offense is gone. Browns outlook. So the Browns, um, Baker Mayfield, I think he's the real deal. I, uh, I, I'm, I'm really excited about what Baker Mayfield does in the future. Um, with that, with that being said though, I think I'm sitting him this week, Baker Mayfield. I, I I'm, I'm a little concerned about Baker Mayfield this week, uh, because Broncos, they, you know, they, they can be tough on quarterbacks. And I believe that's because of that front, you know, I think, you know, they, they do produce some sacks here and there. Um, you know, at the same time, I think if Baker Mayfield can get some good pass protection, then I think that he could have a good day here because the Broncos, they do give up a lot of points to wide receivers. So um, it's one of those things like um, how confident do you feel that Baker Mayfield is going to get plenty of time back in the pocket to throw? I think that he's looked really good of late. I um, I think that's that's really the big question is, can he get enough time to throw or can he roll out um, – and throw on the run. I think that he's probably a sit this week, but in two quarterback leagues, I think you've got to fire him up. Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry, uh, you know, I just mentioned a couple of moments ago that the Broncos, surprisingly enough, um, you know, just a couple seasons ago, you know, we were talking about how this Broncos pass defense was so good. You know, now the Broncos pass defense is, has been giving up a lot of points these past couple of weeks. I would start Jarvis Landry. Um, it was encouraging last week that Jarvis Landry got, um, you know, got, you know, Baker Mayfield hit him with a, a long pass for a touchdown. Um, so, you know, really, I think they're starting, they're really using Jarvis Landry in a lot of different ways. He's not just that dink and dunk guy that he, that we saw in Miami. So it's really encouraging for me. I think that you got to put him in your lineup and I would feel pretty decent about it. I wouldn't feel great about it. You know, I'm not, I'm not expecting, you know, the same production from like, you know, that I would out of Michael Thomas or an Odell Beckham Jr. or anybody like that. I mean, he's he's not to that caliber, but I think he's a definitely a viable flex play. I think you got to at least put him in your flex, especially in PPR formats. Next player on the Browns I have is Nick Chubb. So Nick Chubb, he's awesome. Um, this defense, the Broncos defense, it's middle of the row against uh, wide receivers and running backs both. So I think there's going to be opportunities to score here for the Browns. I think that they're getting they're getting kind of hot, and uh, they may be they may really try to get after it this week, especially with uh, you know they're technically not mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. Um, I, I think that you got to fire up Nick Chubb. I think there's going to be opportunities for him to score. David and Joku. Um, you know, it's hard for me to trust David and Joku. I think that this guy is very talented, but 
I, I think the consistency isn't there for me. I would feel nervous about starting him this week against the Broncos. Um, with that being said, um, and you're going to hear me say this a lot, but the tight end position is an absolute wasteland. Okay, there are so many injuries to that position this year. Um, you know, very, very. Inc- there's very. There's a lot of inconsistencies at the position this year. I think if you have David Njoku and you don't have anybody else, you have no better options. Um, you know, I wouldn't be you know, too, too worried about it, but you're hoping he booms. Browns defense um, and both the Broncos defense, I think that you, you're you probably going to sit them in, uh, you know, in your, in your fantasy league, but I'm not opposed to um, the Browns defense as a sneaky DFS play, all right? They could be a sneaky DFS play, um, the Browns, that is, because, you know, just because, like, the Broncos are just decimated at wide receiver, okay? So, I, I you know, Give me, give me that all day in DFS. You know, Case, Case Keenum, um, you got Case Keenum, um, a decimated wide receiver core. The Browns, I expect them to stack, stack the box a little bit against, against Philip Lindsay um, and, and Royce Freeman, depending on how much run he gets. Um, so I, I, would, uh, I would be tempted to, to put the Browns in there as a sneaky DFS play. The Packers go to Chicago to play the Bears. Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers, uh, he looked a lot better this past week. I think maybe that change, the coaching change, is probably revitalized um, the offense just a little bit. But I'm still skeptical against the Bears' defense. I think Aaron Rodgers is a fringe starter. Um, You know, if you just so happen to take a a quarterback late, um, you know, that's a better option than than Aaron Rodgers, then I think that I'm okay with sitting Aaron Rodgers this week. But I think, um, you know, I don't imagine a roster construction that doesn't, um, that where you're not starting Aaron Rodgers. So I think Aaron Rodgers is a fringe starter, but I expect him to get hit a little bit this game by, you know, Khalil Mack and that, that, uh, that bears front. So I think that, uh, he has, you know, a decent day. I don't think he has a great day. Uh, this bears defense does not do, it does not give up a lot of points, uh, really to any position. Aaron Rodgers, he did have good point totals, um, against the bears in week one, but I think a lot of that was a little fluky. It was late in the game. Um, I think that Aaron Rodgers just got a little bit of magic late in the game. Um, and I think you can kind of tell that from the post-game interview that he had. Um, you know, I'm just I'm nervous about Khalil Mack coming after Aaron Rodgers and trying to take his head off the whole game. Aaron Jones. It's hard to, for me to say this, but I think you got to sit Aaron Jones. The Bears give up the fewest points to running back. I love the opportunity, but the Bears defense at home, it just scares me. I just cannot get past uh, the Bears defense at home. It makes me very, very nervous. Um, if you've been relying on Aaron Jones these past few weeks, I know uh, how tough it can be, but I think you you may have to consider sitting him this week. Um, you know, I would not consider him anything more than a low-end flex. Devontae Adams. If you're firing up Dev- Devontae Adams, I'm starting him this week. Uh, the Bears are more generous against wide receivers than they are running backs. So I think the Packers are going to have to move the ball through the air in order to score. So again, I told you that the Bears give up the fewest points, the fewest points to running back. So I believe that means that it's going to have to happen between Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, maybe some of these other rookie wide receivers, but predominantly it's going to be Devontae Adams. I think that's the only wide receiver that you can truly trust in this offense. And then you're going to sit the Packers defense I uh, it was it was a little concerning to me last week that Mitchell Trubisky threw so many interceptions, but I think he just had to knock some rust off. I think he he um, he was just trying to get back into the swing of things. So I'm not too, uh, but you know, so I'm not 
I'm not expecting Mitchell Trubisky to throw as many interceptions as next week, especially since they're really funneling that offense through uh, the run game. So I think it's best if you sit the Packers defense this week. Bears fantasy outlook. We have Mitchell Trubisky. I'm starting him this week. I know that he did not do well last week, but I think he is a slow starter. You know, he opened up the the year kind of slowly. Um, I think he was rusty last week. So I think he, you know, he had an opportunity to knock some rust off this past week. I think hope, my hope is that he comes out and he's ready to play. This is a division opponent. So I think that the Bears, they're going to come out and they're going to be ready to play. I think that Mitchell Trubisky will do a lot better this week. Bears pass catchers. I think with the exception of Trey Burton, I think you need to sit the Bears pass catchers. I think the green, that Green Bay um, is susceptible to, you know, to, to passing. But the problem here is you just don't know who it's going to be. You don't know if it's going to be Allen Robinson. You don't know if it's going to be Taylor Gabriel. You don't know if it's going to be um, Anthony Miller. It could be any of these guys. I think there's too much inconsistency to play them during the playoffs. I think you have to sit your Bears pass catchers. Um, the only exception, like I said, would for me would be Trey Burton, and that's because of the lack of tight end options that you have. You're just hoping that Trey Burton finds the end zone. The Bears running backs. Like I mentioned before, this offense, it runs through the Bears running backs. I think you have to start start them, and uh, I think you have to start both of them. I think you have to start Tariq Cohen, and I think you need to start Jordan Howard. Although I will say this, I think Jordan Howard, he is – very, very touchdown dependent. So you're hoping for a touchdown. Um, Tariq Cohen, I feel better about him. I think he is a uh, middle of the road RB two with some RB one upside, just because of his just because of his pass catching abilities and his explosiveness. Um, Jordan Howard, you're hoping for two touchdowns. Really, that's the reason. That's that's my argument for starting him. Green Bay is a middle of the pack run defense. Um, you know, but like I said. This Bears offense, it runs through the running backs. So I think they're both going to get plenty of work. Um, I think that Cohen, you got to start him. He needs to be at least an RB2 in your lineup with RB1 upside. And I think you got to flex Jordan Howard. The Texans versus the Jets in New York. This is on Saturday. This is tomorrow afternoon. Make sure if you have any players in this game that you insert them into your lineup no later than tomorrow morning. Deshaun Watson. I'm starting Deshaun Watson this week. Um, there should be enough opportunities. This Jets defense, um, you know, is susceptible to wide receivers, which means it's going to be susceptible to quarterbacks as well. Um, with that being said, DeAndre Hopkins, um, you're obviously starting him. I expect a good day from DeAndre Hopkins. I think he's going to score a lot of points in this game. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's out of the question to think that he's going to score. You know, I don't think it's out of the question for him to have 100 yards and two touchdowns in this game. Um, the Jets are susceptible to the pass. Kiki Cutie, um, this might be a player that you're tempted to play this week, but, um, you know, he hasn't played since week 12. He's still limited in, in practice. Um, you know, I don't trust him. I think that um, this injury, uh, it's really going to hold him back. I don't think that he's going to play well in this game, if he, even if he does play. So I think he's got to be on your bench if he's still on your team. I think you got to just uh, – I, I don't think you can roll with him. Um, honestly, at this point – I would, I would probably drop Kiki Cutie and maybe pick up a handcuff to one of your running backs if they are still available. Lamar Miller. I'm starting Lamar Miller this week. I expect the Texans to get up big in this game. Um, the Jets are a very, very bad team, so the game script should be very favorable to uh, to Miller and his fantasy outlook. So 
Um, I think Lamar Miller, I think he is what he has been this entire season. I think he is a solid RB2. The Jets' outlook. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold, you got to sit Sam Darnold this week. If you're in a two-QB league and you were considering starting Sam Darnold, I can't consider him more than a low-end QB2, um, even if that. Um, the Texans are just tough on quarterbacks, um, and it makes sense with J.J. Watt and Jadavion Clowney rushing the quarterback. I think it's very, very tough to expect much from Sam Darnold this week, especially with one of his pass catchers, Quincy Anunua, out. Um, I believe he's out for this game. Robbie Anderson. The only argument I can make for Robbie Anderson is that there could be increased opportunity with Quincy Anunua out. So um, I expect the Jets to get behind. I expect them to get behind early. So I think that Robbie Anderson could be a good play here um, if you just need a desperation wide receiver to throw in. Um, you know, maybe maybe you're an Odell Beckham Jr. owner, and if Odell doesn't play this weekend, which it doesn't look like he will, um, then I, I think I would be okay with playing a guy like Robbie Anderson and hoping that he booms. Elijah McGuire. Um, Isaiah Crowell just uh, recently got put on injured reserve. He is out for the year. And I believe that McGuire is the guy here. I don't think that they're going to run a committee. I think it's going to be Elijah McGuire. I don't think a committee approach is very, very likely for the Jets. Um, I think that McGuire is going to by far get the bulk of the carries. So, um, you know, I don't know if he has a good day, you know, because of this matchup, um, but just because of pure volume and opportunity, I think that he's a guy that you can squeeze into your flex. The Saints versus the Panthers in Carolina. Um, the Saints fantasy outlook. So there's not a lot to note here. You know that the Saints have been all year. If they've been paying any attention, the Saints are awesome. The Saints offense specifically is awesome. Um, and they, they should have a good day. Most of these players should have a good day against a suspect Panthers defense. So we got Drew Brees first on the list. Drew Brees, um, I think that maybe people are a little disappointed by his uh, by his production lately. But this Panthers this Panthers defense, um, the Panthers are better against the run than they are the pass. So I expect this to be a big Drew Brees Michael Thomas day. I think that Drew Brees gets connected with Michael Thomas. You know, I think that they have a pretty good day with each other. Um, I think that I imagine that they're going to hook up multiple times during this game. Alvin Kamara. Like I said before, the Panthers are good against the run, but this is Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara has gotten you this far. He's gotten you into the playoffs, likely. I think that you got to dance with the one that got you there. So I think you got to start Alvin Kamara. Um, the good thing about Alvin Kamara is that he is a guy that pass. He does he does catch passes. So. Um, I think that you got to get him in your lineup. If this is if this helps you uh, with your decision at all, um, I know I said the Panthers are good against the run, but last year Alvin Kamara had a huge game against the Panthers last year: sixty yards rushing, sixty yards receiving, and two touchdowns. I think that was the second game of the year, if I'm not mistaken. So, I think I would have to get him into my lineup and hope that um, he has a similar result to last year. Michael Thomas, like I mentioned before. Michael Thomas, I think, gets hooked up with Drew Brees quite often in this game. The way that you uh, can put, put points on the board against the Panthers is through the air. So I think that uh, so long as Drew Brees doesn't get a lot of pressure in his face, I think that Michael Thomas has a good day. I think he um, has a huge game, actually. Um, two of his best games last year came against the Panthers. So if you remember, like, last year, Michael Thomas, you know, he wasn't this uh, top five guy like we're talking about now. Um, he was more, you know, top borderline top 10, but two of his biggest games last year came against the Panthers. 
I think, um, you know, with that being said, I would expect an even bigger fantasy um, output for Michael Thomas this year. The Panthers, like I said before, they are susceptible to the pass. you got to start Michael Thomas. As far as the other pass catchers in the Saints offense, I am nervous about starting them. I think that uh, Drew Brees, um, aside from Michael Thomas, um, he does spread the ball around quite a bit. So it's hard to say if it's going to be Kirkwood, if it's going to be Traquan Smith. You just don't know. So you are really rolling the dice if you decide to start one of those guys. Um, you know, if you're desperate, then I get it. But I would really be hesitant to start any of them. I think it's too risky. Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram, he is a very touchdown-dependent player. Um, you know, like I said before, the Panthers give up very few points um, to running back. So I think the only way that really Mark Ingram is going to return value for you here is um, is if he gets into the end zone. So, And I think he probably needs to get in the end zone um, you know, he probably, he, he probably needs to get in the end zone for him to return value. I don't expect, um, I don't think a likely scenario is Mark Ingram to have hundred yards rushing or all purpose for that matter. Um, and a touchdown, I think more, a more likely scenario is for him to have 40 yards and a touchdown. So if you think that that's likely then insert him into your lineup, but I don't feel great about it. I think that, like I said before, I think this is a big Michael Thomas game. I would expect him to have the big day. I don't expect Mark Ingram to have, um, much more than, a flex level of performance Panthers outlook Cam Newton I am concerned about Cam Newton um you know we talked about we've you know they've talked about on uh, you know plenty about how Cam's shoulder is bothering him the Saints defense is playing much better than it has been um I think Cam Newton is is he's, he's not really throwing the ball downfield and I don't think it's a secret either I don't think that you can feel good about starting Cam Newton because those big plays aren't going to really happen. I don't think with a bum shoulder that Cam Newton is really going to be rushing all that much more either. I would be nervous about starting Cam Newton this week. I think that he probably um, he, he probably falls into the QB2 range, and you're really just hoping that he somehow rushes for a touchdown. I think that the Panthers' rushing attack has been effective, so I really find that highly unlikely that Cam Newton even has a rushing touchdown. With the shoulder injury and with Christian McCaffrey running like a demon, I don't think that Cam Newton is going to have a rushing touchdown, and I don't think he has really. Um, I don't think he really produces through the air either. I would I would consider him no more than a QB two. Panthers pass catchers. So DJ Moore um, is the only one that I would even consider, but even he makes me nervous from this receiving core. Um, I think that the volume is low. Um, he only has nine catches in the past two weeks. Um, the Saints do give up the most points to wide receiver, but, you know, this is a tough one to evaluate. I think this is really, really risky. You know, with Cam Newton and his shoulder, I don't think he's going to be throwing the ball particularly deep. And I, I don't think that, that – um, I don't think that's – I don't think DJ Moore's only um, – you know, I don't think that he can only go deep, but it just makes me nervous. Starting DJ Moore just makes me a little nervous with Cam Newton's with, – with Cam Newton's shoulder – and Christian McCaffrey running the ball so well. I think they really rely on the run this game. Christian McCaffrey, the Saints give up the fewest points to running back, but you likely got here because of Christian McCaffrey. Um, I'm not sure how you can you can possibly start sit him. I'm not sure how you can par- possibly sit him unless you just have an embarrassment of riches at running back. Um, it's likely that 
if you have Christian McCaffrey on your team, he's probably one of your better options at running back. I think that maybe Christian McCaffrey bucks this trend of uh, you know low running back points against the Saints just because he is a pass-catching running back. Like I mentioned before, Cam Newton's shoulder, it's not in good shape. It's not healthy. He's not healthy right now. I don't see him passing you know way down the field, so I think that means a lot of targets for his tight end and a lot of targets for Christian McCaffrey. Speaking of tight end, Ian Thomas. I think this guy is a start this week. I, um, I'm a little nervous just because the Saints are tough against tight ends, but Cam's shoulder, it's just going to induce more short, short intermediate throws. So, I, I, and that's going to be ideal for Ian Thomas. So, um, you know, Ian Thomas, he got quite a few targets last week. I think this is a guy that you need to start, if nothing else, just because of the volume. I think that the Saints, one thing I did forget to mention, I think the Saints could be a decent defense to play this week. I am starting them in one of my leagues, and that is because this Carolina Panthers team, um, I think that it's starting to set in that they're not going to make the playoffs. They've lost, I believe, four games in a row. Um, I'm very worried about this team. Cam Newton's shoulder is not in good shape. The only thing that's really working is the running game. I think that the, the Saints, they had the personnel to – um, to, to stop this team. And I think that it's possible that um, the Saints could, uh, could allow for just a, few, just a few scores in this game. So I think that this is a good opportunity for the Saints defense um, to put up some fantasy points. They would be a sneaky defense for me to start this week. Ravens versus the Buccaneers in Baltimore. The Ravens' outlook. Uh, Lamar Jackson, he's a solid start in a two-quarterback league. The rushing keeps his floor um, especially high. That's something you can really, um, really enjoy about, about starting him. I think that he's going to have a, a decent day uh, running on the ground. Um, but here's the thing. I would not be surprised if they got both quarterbacks involved. Okay. And what I mean by that is I could see Joe Flacco coming in on some downs. Um, you know, I think that it's been, uh, it's been announced that Lamar Miller, or sorry, Lamar Jackson is the starter. But, you know, what they said just shortly before that, was that both quarterbacks would be um, would be a part of the game plan uh, when Joe Flacco became healthy. So I'm nervous about starting Lamar Jackson um, a little bit just because I could see Joe Flacco coming in for some downs. Um, but again, Lamar Jackson's floor is so high, you know, with his rushing ability that, you know, even if Joe Flacco ends up coming in on some plays, I could still see Lamar Jackson having a decent game. You know, he could still have, you know, 14 fantasy points. And if Joe Flacco comes in and vultures a, a touchdown pass or two, then I wouldn't be, you know, I w- you could still say, okay, well, at least I got 14 points out of Lamar Jackson. So again, this is only a two quarterback consideration. I would not start him in a one quarterback league. I think that's too risky. Ravens running backs. I think that I'm a little nervous about these running backs. Uh, Gus Edwards could be in jeopardy of getting work taken away by Kenneth Dixon. So Kenneth Dixon came out of nowhere last week. Um, he was much more effective than Gus Edwards um, with fewer fewer touches. Um, and then Harbaugh, um, he actually um, he actually said that he expects Kenneth Dixon's role to grow. So um, I don't take that lightly. I think that um, I think that Kenneth Dixon has earned some more time, some more touches in this offense. Um, I think he, he's a talented player. This is somebody that, that we've been talking about, that we were talking about a couple couple years ago when he was drafted. Um, and he just it just hasn't really materialized. But now I feel like with that comment by Harbaugh that we could see some work from Kenneth Dixon. Ravens pass catchers. 
it's tough to know who to trust in this uh, offense. You know, will somebody find the end zone? Probably, but you just don't know who it's going to be. Um, with Lamar Jackson at quarterback, I believe that even if Joe Flacco does get some work in this game, I think it's going to be mostly Lamar Jackson. And, uh, you know, with Lamar Jackson throwing, I think that it's, you know, the chances of John Brown or Michael Crabtree or Willie Sneed getting into the end zone are even smaller, um, you know, and, and you think about it. In the games that Lamar Jackson has started, he's thrown three touchdowns in four games. Lamar Jackson has averaged less than one passing touchdown per game um, since he started playing. So, you know, if you're playing the odds, it's in all likelihood, whichever whichever wide receiver you start in this game from the Ravens, it's probably they're probably not going to catch the touchdown. Okay, so even if there's a catch a touchdown caught in this game by one of the Ravens wide receivers, you know, the odds are not in your favor. I would have to sit the Ravens wide receivers this week. I don't care um, who it is. And I even even with this susceptible Buccaneers uh, Buccaneers defense, um, I think that you know they they're not good against the pass. But I, you just don't know who it's going to be. You don't know if it's going to be Willie Sneed. You don't know if it's going to be Michael Crabtree. You don't know if it's going to be John Brown. This is too risky for me. Buccaneers outlook. All right, so you got Jameis Winston. I think that Jameis Winston, he has solidified him as a starter, and I don't think that he's going to get pulled for um, for Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think that's the first thing that we really have to evaluate here because um, that's really the that's really been the big fear from Jameis Winston owners is, is he going to get pulled at halftime and then, you know, leave you with four points? So um, this is a tough matchup, so I could see a scenario where that happens. But I don't think that the Buccaneers – I think the Buccaneers are committed to him now. I find it unlikely that they're going to go back to Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, the season is lost. They're not going to the playoffs. They really need to see what they what they have in Jameis Winston um, to know if that he's to know if he's going to be their guy or not. But this is a tough matchup, so just keep that in mind. The good thing for this offense is that it is designed to pass, even if it is just slightly. The Ravens' pass defense is worse than their run defense. So, um, you know, the Ravens are tough against the pass, but they're tougher against the run. So I think the Buccaneers, to move the ball, they're going to have to throw the ball, and they're designed to do that. So I think Jameis Winston, he still has a nice game here. Um, you know, you probably just, you just need to tailor expectations. I don't think he's going to have as nice of a game as you would hope. Mike Evans, you've come far, this far with Mike Evans. I feel like you can't sit him now unless you just have an embarrassment of riches at the wide receiver position. So, um, you know, kind of an underwhelming game last week, but I think that, you know, like I said before, this this offense is designed to throw, and this this defense, the only way you're going to put up points against them is if you throw the ball. So I think Mike Evans is one of those guys you can you, you're going to have to start him. Hopefully – just with Mike Evans and his stature, hopefully he can find the end zone, um, you know, just because of, uh, he's a towering wide receiver. All other wide receivers for the Buccaneers, um, I don't feel like you can start them um, really and feel great about it. I think the one interesting name to note here is Adam Humphreys. So the Ravens, they have two good corners, two good outside corners, um, and they also have a good corner on the inside, but th- he's not nearly as good as the guys on the outside. So I think that Adam Humphreys is a guy that you can probably start and feel okay about. He has three touchdowns in the last four games. So, you know, he's put, been putting up pretty decent point totals, pretty good fantasy points. Um, you know, last week he did, couldn't find the end zone, but I think uh, you could feel pretty decent about starting him this week. I consider him a high-end flex.
Cameron Brait. I think this is a guy you got to start. You know, like I said before, you're going to hear me say this quite often because of this season. Tight end is a wasteland. So if you have Cameron Bray on your team, you probably don't have many other better options. Um, but this is how you move the ball against the Ravens. Okay, it's going to be through the tight end. The tight end position. Um, you know, the Ravens have given up quite a few in comparison. They've given up more points to the to the Ravens. Excuse me. They've given up more points to the tight end position than they have all other positions. So. I think this is going to be Jameis Winston's favorite target this week, at least in the end zone. Um, and last week, you might be concerned because he had two catches and two touchdowns, and you think like, well, he can't put, he can't keep up this production. But he also had four targets last week, so he's not just getting targeted um, in those situations. Like he, I think he's going to be targeted in more than just end zone situations. I'm sitting all the Bucks running backs this week. Um, the Ravens' defense is just too tough on running backs. Um, you know, you're, you know, you can't really rely on Peyton Barber this week, um, to have a big game. Um, the only way I could see him having a big game is if he, if they get on, get on the one yard line and they just punch it in, um, numerous times in the same game. The Cardinals take on the Falcons in Atlanta. Here's the Cardinals outlook for you. Um, my outlook for the Cardinals, it's not good. This team in this team and specifically it's offense. They look very, very broken. Um, but there is hope because the Falcons give up the fifth most fantasy points to running backs. So hopefully David Johnson will have a big game here. So David Johnson owners, you guys have probably been pretty disappointed um, these past few weeks. Um, you know, even if, if you, if you made the playoffs, that's it. That is you, if you're in the playoffs, you're in the playoffs despite David Johnson. Um, but if you have anything, if there's anything to hang your hat on, it's that the Falcons give up the fifth most points to running back. Um, so hopefully David Johnson can have a pretty decent game. I'm taking the chance on David Johnson this week. I'm hoping that he gets involved in the passing game, which he was involved in the passing game last week. He just couldn't do anything with it. But keep an eye on this. He was questionable to play this earlier this week. So make sure, um, just keep an eye on, um, you know, keep an eye on his status. Make sure that he is playing this game. If he's not playing this game, um, you know, you're, you're likely not going to have many other better options because there's going to be a lot of games that have already been played, um, you know, but you know, just, just try to figure out another, uh, you know, a backup plan. He was a limited participant today in practice. Um, you know, and if you're really, really desperate, you can go with Chase, Chase Edmonds. Um, you know, I don't love that because this offense is just that bad, but Chase Edmonds, uh, could be a guy that you're, if you're desperate, you could start him. Um, and, and because he should be getting nearly all the work we've had, we have seen some good things from Chase Edmonds this year. Um, you know, if you don't, if you don't, if you recall, there was a game where he had two, t two touchdown game earlier this year. So I would feel okay. I think he's, if David Johnson doesn't go, I would feel okay with Chase Edmonds. Um, so long as I didn't have any other better options on my team, Larry Fitzgerald, I'm flexing Larry Fitzgerald this week and I'm hoping for a touchdown. So, um, Larry Fitzgerald, he obviously hasn't been what he has been in the past few past few years you're hoping for a touchdown from Larry Fitzgerald me personally I think it's too risky to play him I would be looking for other options um, I prefer Adam Humphreys to him Tyler Boyd I would prefer Dante Pettis to him I think that the ceiling is just a little bit higher with some of those guys um, I like their chances of getting in the end zone and having a decent game more than Larry Fitzgerald the Falcons fantasy outlook we have Matt Ryan Matt Ryan I'm starting Matt Ryan just because I think there's going to be plenty of opportunities for points for um, you know the, the the Cardinals give up plenty of points to quarterback. Um, the Falcons running game is really ineffective with Tevin Coleman. So I think that the, the Falcons are going to have to move the ball through the air. I don't like that Patrick Peterson is on the opposite side of the ball from them, but 
I think that uh, Matt Ryan has enough weapons. I think that Matt Ryan still has a decent game here. There should be plenty of opportunity for Matt Ryan in this game because the Cardinals just cannot move the ball effectively. Um, so there should be plenty of three and outs in this game for Matt Ryan to take advantage of. Julio Jones. I think you got to start Julio Jones, obviously. It's Julio Jones after all. But um, you have to tell your expectations a little bit. He did leave practice yesterday sick. So um, that's obviously not good. Hopefully he gets better by this Sunday. But more importantly, he has a matchup with Patrick Peterson this week. So uh, Patrick Peterson, he's still one of the best cornerbacks in the league. So I think you still have to respect that. But you're not sitting Julio Jones here. I don't think you can sit Julio Jones. Um, I think you're just hoping for a big play from Julio. Calvin Ridley, on the other hand, I think Calvin Ridley actually has a big game here. I think he, you can expect him to get plenty of targets in this game. With uh, Patrick Peterson on Julio Jones, I think that matchup is uh, you know, going to be a little bit tough for Julio. Um, and I think Matt Ryan is going to recognize that. And I think he's going to say, okay, I got Calvin Ridley here. He's still a talented receiver. I'm going to go to him. I'm going to give him plenty of targets and let him win the game for us. Tevin Coleman, like I said before, he's been very ineffective this year. I think the Falcons are going to have to pass in this game to move the ball. I would be sitting Tevin Coleman, even with this matchup. Um, I don't think that Tevin Coleman can, can run effectively against this team. The Falcons defense. The Falcons defense, I think that they are a very sneaky play in DFS. I would not trust them during my fantasy playoffs. I know the Cardinals are abysmally bad. They are, in fact, probably the worst team in the league. But I would still be nervous about starting the Falcons defense this week. Um, you know, they're one of the worst defenses in the league as far as fantasy points go. But with that being said, if there were ever a time to play the Falcons defense, it would be this weekend in DFS um, against one of the worst teams in the National Football League. Rams versus the Eagles in Los Angeles. All right, we got the Eagles outlook. We got Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is unlikely to play with a fractured vertebrae. Um, it's still um, undetermined like what the status is for him. Um, I find it unlikely that he will play this weekend. Carson Wentz is listed as doubtful to play this weekend, so I find it highly unlikely that he is going to play. Um, he has a fractured vertebrae. And uh, he uh, he's also got, you know, even if he does play, he's got a very, very tough matchup. Aaron Donald and Dominican Sue, they are a big problem. Um, I don't I don't think that, you know, you have your quarterback that has a fra- basically basically has a fractured, uh, you know, fractured vertebrae in his back. Um, he has a fractured vertebrae in his back. And you got one of the two of the best defensive ends in football coming after him. I don't think the Carson Wentz is going to be playing in this game. I think that the, the Philadelphia Eagles are going to recognize this and say, okay, this, 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 this season is probably lost. We, we can't sacrifice. We can't, we can't put our franchise quarterback in harm's way when he's already hurt. We, I would not see – I don't see Carson Wentz playing in this game. Even if he does play, I would not start him. He has not been playing well. And neither has the personnel around him been playing very well either. Super Bowl champion and Super Bowl MVP Nick Foles. Don't get cute. You're not starting Nick Foles. Golden Tate. Golden Tate, you got to sit him. Um, he's been absolutely abysmal lately. Um, of, of the last couple of games, um, well, let's see. The last game, he only had one catch for, I believe, it was like eight, seven or eight yards. Um, the year, the week before that, he did actually have a good game against Washington, but I think that's because there was plenty of opportunity there. Um, he did have seven catches, 85 yards, and a touchdown. But then the weeks before that, he had two catches, five catches, four catches. Never got into the end zone. I don't think you can trust him this week. Alshon Jeffrey. It's hard for me to trust Alshon Jeffrey with the quarterback situation, but um, but may but he may be a decent flex option if the Rams uh, get ahead early like I expect them to. So 
Um, Nick Foles, I think that there is already a connection between Nick Foles and Alshon Jeffrey, um, whereas there probably isn't as much of a connection between Nick Foles and Golden Tate. Um, you know, we saw there there was a connection between Alshon Jeffrey and Nick Foles during the Super Bowl last year. I think that Alshon Jeffrey is a decent flex play, um, given that the Rams should be ahead and they should be ahead early in the game. Josh Adams will be likely game scripted out of this game um, because he doesn't really catch passes. It's hard for me to trust any other running back on this game on this team either. Um, I know Darren Sproles is kind of their pass catching running back. But I think that the running game is going to be pretty ineffective against the Rams. I don't think that you can attack the Rams. Um, I don't think that – I think the Rams can sometimes be attacked through the, wide, the running back position. But uh, it's hard for me to trust Josh Adams with Nick Foles at the helm. I don't think there's going to be enough scoring opportunities for Josh Adams in this game. Not to mention, I think there's just going to be – I think that the, the Eagles are probably a little demoralized. You know, they're going to be – they're without their quarterback. I think they know – um, you know, where they're at in, in this, in this season. Um, you know, they, they just won their Super Bowl um, less than a year ago, but I think that this is probably a pretty demoralizing um, piece of news that they're getting that Carson Wentz is out for the year um, because it really, you know, I, I don't see any way that the, the Eagles make the playoffs. And I think they probably recognize that as well. So with that being said, I don't think they come out and play it particularly well, especially against one of the hottest teams in the league. Rams fantasy outlook. We got Jared Goff. Um, Jared Goff. The Eagles can be thrown on. So um, my big question is this: Do the Rams get up big early with Nick Foles playing? So you know, like I said before, the Eagles are going to be playing Nick Foles likely this weekend. Um, do the Rams get up really, really big, really early? Um, I could see a scenario where that happens. With that being said, the Eagles are very susceptible to the pass. I think Jared Goff had a pretty bad game this past weekend. Um, against the Bears, and I think he's going to want to try to come out and uh, get that bad taste out of his mouth. So I think he has a good game here. Todd Gurley, I think that he's going to return to greatness this week. He kind of had a, an off week this past week against the Bears. But again, the Bears, they give up the fewest points against running backs. I think that Todd Gurley probably has, um, pr probably has a pretty good week this week. Rams wide receivers. Um, you're, starting, you're starting Brandon Cooks. You're starting Robert Woods. I think that Josh Reynolds is an interesting play here. Um, I think that if you need somebody to that just you know, if you need a uh, a big boom play, you know, boomer bust play, then I think that Josh Reynolds could be that guy for you. Uh, Rams they they run the most three wide receiver sets. Um, it looked like the Rams um, kind of lacked a little bit of uh, a little bit of explosiveness last week, so maybe they try to get him involved this game. I think he's an interesting play in DFS. Hard for me to trust him, though, um, if this is my um, if this is my playoff week. Rams defense. All right, don't get cute with the Rams defense. Um, I think the Rams defense does still. Um, I think you'd need to start the Rams defense, um, and also you got to you know you, you got the Philadelphia Eagles who are starting Nick Foles at quarterback. Um, this 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 Philadelphia team. I don't think they come out and play particularly well. So I think you got to start the Rams this week. Bills versus the Lions. Um, we got the Bills. Uh, they're playing in Buffalo. Uh, the Bills' fantasy outlook is this. Josh Allen, is he fun to watch or what? Um, the Lions, though. The Lions don't allow many quarterbacks to run. So, um, you know, quarterbacks such as, uh, such as Cam Newton, for instance, um, they, did not, they don't really allow um, quarterbacks to run on them. With that being said, Josh Allen is running the ball at an incredible level. All right? He is running the ball like a madman. 
Um, if you are one of the poor individuals that had to play against Damian Williams or Mike Williams this week, I'm totally okay with you swinging on the swinging for the fences on a guy like Josh Allen. So um, Josh Allen, he has a high floor, and I think he potentially he could have a high ceiling as well. So you know he he has a high floor because of his legs, and if he can score a couple touchdowns with his arm, then he could be the top scoring option this week. I mean, you know he's been I believe the top the the highest scoring quarterback for the past several weeks. So. I don't anticipate that really changing against the Detroit Lions, even though the Detroit Lions um, are, are good against quarterbacks who uh, quarterbacks who run. I think he, he's definitely a two quarterback consideration. Um, and I'm, I'll be honest with you, I'm actually considering starting him over Russell Wilson this week um, against the 49ers. So if that tells you anything about where I sit on Josh Allen. Starting running back for the Bills. I say starting running back for the Bills because we don't know if LaShawn McCoy is playing or not. Um, here's the thing. The Lions are bad against the run. Uh, but LaShawn McCoy only has two touchdowns all season. They both came in the same game. I'm very nervous about a running back, even against a bad Detroit run defense. So um, if, a, if LaShawn McCoy plays, I'm hesitant to start him. With that being said, if he doesn't play, I'm not interested in starting any of the running backs behind him. If LaShawn McCoy only has two touchdowns this season in this offense, I don't anticipate anybody else coming in and having a touchdown. Bills pass catchers. Bills pass catchers, all of them are unstartable. You can't put any of them in your lineup. Um, I think Zay Jones is a good dynasty ad. I think he could be an interesting, um, interesting pickup if you're in a dynasty league for the following year, for next year. You know, if you need a big home run, high ceiling play, then I think you could put Zay Jones in there. But uh, I don't feel I don't feel great about it with Darius Slay on the opposite side of the ball. The Bills' defense makes me very nervous this week. Um, if they couldn't get it done against the Jets, then what makes me think that they will get it done against the Lions this week? Um, the Jets are an abysmal team, uh, as are the Lions. But I feel like the the Bills' defense should have put up some fantasy points last week. They couldn't do it. So I don't think they're going to do it against the Lions either. The Lions fantasy outlook. Matthew Stafford, some guy that we have really um, relied upon in the past couple years to be a solid top 10 quarterback. you got to sit him this week. He's unstartable against the Bills. The Bills defense isn't as bad as it may seem. Um, I, I, I can't imagine a scenario where I could get Matthew Stafford into my lineup, even in a two-quarterback league. I don't even know if I put him in then. Um, the Lions running back. If it's on Johnson, then you are starting him. But – he is unlikely to play as he has yet to even practice this week. So um, I don't think that he's going to play this week. Um, LeGarrette Blunt, I don't think that he can be trusted. You know, he had a big game a couple weeks ago, but since then he's really been pretty pedestrian. I would not be trusting him in my lineup this week. Kenny Galladay draws another difficult matchup against the against Tredavious White. Um, this is one of the better corners in the league. I would not be putting Kenny, Kenny Galladay in my lineup. The only way I could – possibly put him into my lineup or convince somebody to put them into their lineup is because of volume. Um, and, but really he hasn't really been getting that lately either. So Kenny Galladay, I really can't trust him. He draws a difficult matchup against Tredavious white. Um, this is one of the better corners in the league. Um, so I, I find this matchup very similar to what he had to deal with last week against Patrick Peterson. Um, you know, last week he only had four targets. I wouldn't expect many more targets this week against Tredavious White. So I would not be starting Kenny Galladay. Um, you know, I, 
I was hoping that maybe Kenny Galladay might still get the volume that we were, uh, you know, without Marvin Jones and Golden Tate, but it really just hasn't been the case as of late. Um, you can't start either one of these defenses, I don't think. Um, I just don't trust either one of them. Redskins versus the Jaguars in Jacksonville. Leonard Fournette um, and the Jaguars D are really the only startable pieces of the Jaguars. Um, you know, that, that those are really the only people that I can imagine you starting this week. I'm not interested in D.D. Westbrook. I'm not, I'm not interested in Keelan Cole. Um, you know, with Cody Kessler at quarterback – or Blake Bortles, for that matter. I just don't trust either of these wide receivers. Redskins outlook. Don't start any of them. That's it. I'll talk about them in just a little bit. But um, the Redskins know in all seriousness, they're on their fourth starting quarterback um, in Josh Johnson. I don't trust him. Um, you might look at his point totals from last week and think that he had a great game, but that was, that was against backups. I would not be putting in Josh Johnson, even in a two-quarterback league, Um the, the, their team is completely decimated with injuries. Um, there's nobody on this team that would start, not even Adrian Peterson. Bengals versus the Raiders in Cincinnati. Bengals fantasy outlook. Uh, Joe Mixon and uh, Tyler Boyd are really the only ones that I am interested in starting from the Bengals side. I feel the best about Joe Mixon. Um, you know, And I think that's because the Bengals, I anticipate them trying to put the ball on the ground and just trying to grind out a win. So I think Joe Mixon is the most stable part of this offense right now, you know, with Andy Dalton and A.J. Green out. Um, you know, I think that the Bengals probably rely on him on a, in a big way against, you know, a bad Raiders team. Um, I think Tyler Boyd I'm nervous about a little bit, but I think you still got to fire him up. The reason I'm nervous is that he actually scores more fantasy points when A.J. Green is active. Um, as you guys probably know, AJ Green is on injured reserve. AJ Green is out for the year, so I don't anticipate um, Tyler Boyd really having a big, you know, a big game like he would normally when AJ Green was in. The good thing that you can really kind of hang your hat on is that the Bengals could fall behind in this game, even against a bad Raiders team. Um, they may need to throw to Boyd. Raiders fantasy outlook. Um, you're sitting Derek Carr unless you just need a desperation two quarterback league play. Um, you know, if you're feeling brave and you want to start him against the Bengals, then I, I really don't, I don't have an issue with that necessarily. I mean, the Bengals do give up the second most fantasy points to quarterback, but I imagine you probably have a better option than Derek Carr. Um, I mean, I, but, but like I said, I think I'm okay with it in a two quarterback league. I would never do it in a one quarterback league. Doug Martin. Oh, Doug Martin. I'm actually okay with starting Doug Martin this week. Um, you know, he's a frustrating player to watch sometimes, but, um, you know, because you know that, you know, the potential there is there is potential there for, um, you know, a big game. But he does have a good matchup this week. The, the Bengals give up the most points to, to running back. Um, that's right, the most points to running back um, out of all 32 teams. So I'm okay with starting Doug Martin this week. Um, I think you got to at least squeeze him into your flex unless you got a better option. Only pass catcher that I could imagine playing from this Raiders offense is Jared Cook. Uh, the Bengals have been better against tight ends than they have been in recent years, but they still are bad against tight ends. So, um, yeah, the, the, the Bengals have been, you know, really, really bad the past couple years against tight ends, but they are, they're still pretty bad against the tight ends. They've gotten a little bit better, but they're still pretty bad against tight ends. So, uh, with the scarcity of tight end options, you're start, you're starting Jared Cook this week. The Titans 
play the Giants in New York, Marcus Mariota. I'm okay with starting Marcus Mariota this week, especially in a two-quarterback league. With the exception of Indianapolis, with the exception of the Indianapolis game when Marcus Mariota got hurt, he's had more than 20 fantasy points and two touchdowns in four of five games. That fifth game, that one outlier, that's when Derrick Henry went crazy against the Jaguars and Mariota didn't need to pass. The Titans didn't need to pass in that game because they got up big and the running game was very, very effective. So I anticipate that Mariota will have a decent game here. I, I would expect a 20-point game from him um, unless you're scoring, uh, unless your league scoring is a little different. But I expect it probably a 20-point game or so from Marcus Mariota. Derrick Henry. I'm okay with Derrick Henry as a flex play this week. Um, I still think that he needs to score a touchdown to return value, okay, even after his big, big performance. The one thing that I can say about Derrick Henry that um, – one positive thing I can say about him is that after his big performance, he may that may merit um, some more work. So, um, you know, I, I could I could see a scenario where Derrick Henry actually gets more work this week um, as a result of his big game last week. Corey Davis, I don't feel great about Corey Davis this week. This could be another big running game for the Titans. The Giants are pretty good against wide receivers, and we've seen that the Giants can be ran on. So, I don't feel great about Corey Davis this week. I would try to keep him on my bench if I could. Giants fantasy outlook. Eli Manning, um, he's only a play for me in two quarterback leagues. He's a low-end QB2 option. Um, the Titans are tough on quarterback points, so on quarterback fantasy points. So I would not be trying to start Eli Manning. I would be looking for other options. Um, I'd be surprised if he's on your team right now. Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley has a tough matchup against the Titans who give up the fewest points to running back, but it doesn't matter. Saquon Barkley it's it's Saquon freaking Barkley okay dance with the one who got you there you're not sitting Saquon Barkley you got to start him you got to fire him fire him up this week Odo Beckham Jr. it doesn't appear that Odo Beckham Jr. is going to play um I don't believe that any of the other start other pass catchers in this offense will be uh startable because of it um I think Sterling Shepard has a um he had a good matchup last week and still didn't get it done so um he got bailed out with a touchdown, and that's the only reason that he had a good game last week or a decent game last week. So I would not be trusting um, any other pass catchers from the Giants' offense. The only offensive player I'm, I'm really trusting from the Giants is uh, Saquon Barkley. With that being said, Evan Ingram, um, if he's your only option at tight end, then I get it. But um, I would be trying to look for other options if I could. The Titans also give up the fewest points to tight ends, so that is not good for Evan Ingram, who is already – um, not very involved in the offense anyways. Dolphins versus the Vikings in Minnesota. Ryan Tannehill, um, he's only startable in two quarterback leagues. He actually had a pretty good game this past week. I think he's still dealing with some some injury issues, but he should be playing this weekend. Um, I would only be starting him, though, in two quarterback leagues. Kenyon Drake. I think Kenyon Drake could have a decent game here. He has been very, um, he's been wildly inconsistent this year, having some really good games and some really bad games. The talent is there, but the usage is not. So um, I think that Kenyon Drake could have a decent game here. I think that, you know, Kenny Stills, and I'll tie this in all together, Kenny Stills is going to be matched up with Xavier Rhodes, and the Dolphins have to move the ball somehow. Danny Amendola and Devontae Parker combined for two catches last week. If, if they only combined for two catches last week, and Kenny Stills is going to be matched up with Xavier Rhodes, who supposedly was going to be featured more in this offense, then I think the Dolphins are going to have to use Drake because 
that you're gonna that you're gonna have to find some way to to move the ball, and I think that's gonna be through Drake. Kenny Stills, like I mentioned, he has a, a, a tough matchup with Xavier Rhodes. I assume that Xavier Rhodes is going to be matched up with him, uh, seeing as his, he's been more involved in the offense lately. Uh, but, you're, you know, if you're starting Kenny Stills, you're just really hoping for a long touchdown. Um, that's the only way that I think he's going to return value for you. So I'd be very nervous about Kenny Stills this week. I think it's too risky of a play. Vikings fantasy outlook. Um, Kirk Cousins. Really, how lucky do you feel with Kirk Cousins? Kirk Cousins has been pretty boomer bust all season long. Um, this could be a big game for Cousins after putting up a disappointing performance performance on Monday night. But um, you know, I just don't know if I could trust Kirk Cousins in my lineup this week. He's had you know a wide range of fantasy point production. You know, there's some point some games this this year he's put up 30 points. Some games he's put up 10 points. Um, you know, it's it's a risky play in in playoff weeks in playoff weeks. So, you know, the one thing that you can say, one good thing you can say about this matchup is that Tom Brady did just torch the Dolphins for um, some good fantasy production. Um, but I'm, I'm a little nervous about Kirk Cousins this week. Dalvin Cook. The Dolphins give up a lot of fantasy points to running back. I expect Dalvin Cook to have a very good game this week. Um, he had 18 touches on Monday night. He had seven targets and five catches, which is very encouraging if you play in a PPR league. I think that Dalvin Cook um, has a pretty good game here. I expect about 20 touches from him, um, and I think that uh, I think he has a pretty decent game. I think that the Dolphins the Dolphins give up a lot of fancy points to running backs, so I imagine that Dalvin Cook will have a decent game here. Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen, you're starting both of them. Um, I think that this this could be a good opportunity for both of them to have pretty good days. Um, I think that you got to put them both in your lineup. Adam Thielen, obviously, in your lineup. Um, Stefan Diggs, if there's any question, I think that he probably has a little bit better of a game than he did last year, last week. Um, hopefully he finds the end zone for you. I would start both of them this week. Cowboys versus the Colts in Indianapolis. Um, the Cowboys fantasy outlook, um, Dak Prescott. I am starting Dak Prescott this week. Um, he's had less rushing lately, but he's been more efficient passing since acquiring Amari Cooper. Um, the Colts are tough on wide receivers, but not on quarterbacks for fantasy. So Dak has been throwing a lot to Zeke also, to Ezekiel Elliott. So I think that's something else that's been uh, been helping out Dak Prescott lately. Um, I think he's been he's been much more consistent with fantasy points. So I feel good about Dak Prescott. I think he has a nice game here. Amari Cooper. Um, since the Cowboys have acquired Amari Cooper, Dak's, Dak Prescott's production has gone up quite a bit. Um, go figure. There you go. Um, defenses have, are going to have to make it a point to stop Ezekiel Elliott in this game, I think. So I think that's going to open up things a little bit for Amari Cooper. Um, they're going to have to try to take away somebody from the game. I think the logic says that they try to take away, you know, one of the best running backs in the game in Ezekiel Elliott. So I think Amari Cooper is still going to have some opportunity to put up um, fantasy points. The Colts defense is tough on wide receivers, but I expect the Colts to try to stop Ezekiel Elliott, which means I think that Amari Cooper gets some good looks in this game. Ezekiel Elliott, um, you're starting him. He's a beast. Hashtag analysis. Colts fantasy outlook. All right, this Cowboys defense has been playing really well lately. I think they are kind of taking the same approach as some of these teams like the Seahawks. Um, you know, they're going to try to really play good defense and run the ball. Um, so I, I don't think you can expect um, the normal production from the Colts offense. So I think that you're still starting Andrew Luck. Um, he's been playing really great this year. I think you're still starting T.Y. Hilton just, and just hoping for a big play. Um, 
Eric Ebron, you're probably starting him as well just because of the scarcity of the tight end position right now. Um, so the one person that, that really jumps out to me is Marlon Mack. I don't think you can start Marlon Mack confidently this week. Um, you know, the the, Col- the Cowboys have just been too good on defense. I don't think that Marlon Mack is going to get enough opportunities. Cowboys have been playing really well. I think the offense and the defense both. So I anticipate Andrew Luck having to throw the ball in this one. Um, I'm sitting Marlon Mack this week. He just makes me too nervous. That does it for our show tonight. I appreciate you guys listening in. Um, if you guys are looking for more fantasy content, make sure you guys tune in next week. I will be doing a show um, again either Monday or Tuesday to recap um, all the games for the previous weekend. Um, but, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. I will see you guys very, very soon. Hope you guys have an excellent weekend. Peace out. What's your fantasy football podcast? What's your fantasy football podcast? Fantasy football podcast. What's your fantasy? Fantasy rankings. Fantasy projections. Fantasy news. This fantasy football podcast is recorded and produced by your fantasy expert, Josh Anderson. What's your fantasy, y'all?